Support for WRFA is brought to you by Quadrant Biosciences, now providing no-cost COVID testing in Chautauqua County. Quadrant Biosciences has partnered with Chautauqua County to provide free COVID testing. For more information on how to schedule an appointment, visit quadrantbiosciences.com slash COVID testing. Support for WRFA is also brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. You've been listening to Community Matters. Congressman Tom Reed held his first weekly media call in almost a year this week. This is Reed's last year in office representing the 23rd District, and we'll have his comments as well as one of the questions and answers from that call. So I wanted to um, thank everybody for joining us on our, our call here, and um, I appreciate uh, uh, the reach out by many of you uh, that asked that we start this up again. And so um, didn't realize how important uh, this was to each and every one of you, and so we'll uh, continue to make a commitment uh, to be here uh, to answer your questions on a, a regular basis. And as is our tradition, I wanted to uh, open up uh, by highlighting uh, something that I've been working on, as you've seen me cross the district uh, in person, uh, and that's the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Uh, it is something I am uh, going to continue uh, to advocate for uh, as we go through 2022. Uh, I'm going to be out highlighting the benefits uh, of our vote in support of the infrastructure deal. And as I've told uh, many people, uh, it's easy to vote no, uh, but voting yes, in my humble opinion, is real leadership. And uh, I was glad uh, to be part of the 13 Republican members uh, that supported the infrastructure deal uh, that is delivering real results, not only for New York State, uh, but also uh, in our district. Uh, We are hearing reports uh, that about $12.5 billion in road and bridge repairs has been uh, designated uh, to go directly to New York State. Uh, There are uh, millions of dollars uh, that are going into uh, broadband uh, deployment as we speak. We were at a site at Armstrong uh, that was uh, installing uh, millions of miles of uh, uh, fiber, Uh, and obviously fiber optics being made by Corning Inc., which is a uh, very critical employer uh, in the district. Um, And I'll just tell you, uh, using that $60 billion of broadband money coming from the infrastructure bill on top of uh, the billions of dollars that we uh, earmarked through uh, the COVID relief money uh, has, in my opinion, opened up a door uh, for the folks of our uh, 23rd Congressional District to access uh, the world marketplace. Uh, Now, once that fiber and broadband and uh, last push uh, is installed, Uh, Folks that were left in the dark, literally, uh, will be turned uh, into the light uh, of the 21st century economy uh, that that we can now uh, grow and make opportunities available uh, for next generations of New Yorkers right here in our backyard. Um, On top of that, uh, we watched and seen uh, under uh, this bill uh, about $3.5 million uh, that will be going to our regional airports from our small um, facilities like those in Penyan uh, to our larger uh, airports, such as those in Ithaca, Elmira Corning, um, and, uh, and, and elsewhere uh, across the district. Uh, those investments in air, again, makes it uh, an opportunity for people of the 23rd Congressional District uh, to access uh, 
the world right here from our backyard. And so this bipartisan infrastructure deal is something that as we see the benefits of this once-in-a-generation investment in infrastructure roll out, uh, we are hearing and seeing reports of very positive uh, returns on these dollars already. And so stay tuned. We're going to continue. You're going to hear us talk about this quite a bit uh, over the next uh, 12 months. And I'll just tell you, um, you know, this was something that we worked on for 10 years uh, since coming to Congress. And I was glad to see uh, that we were able to pass this in a bipartisan fashion and get it to the president's desk and uh, get this signed into law so that we could get these resources and investments flowing uh, for people of the 23rd Congressional District as well as the state of New York and our nation as a whole. And uh, the final note um, on the political side of this uh, uh, bill, uh, I am glad to see uh, that one of the things uh, that we were, the 13 of us uh, that voted yes on the Republican side, were pretty confident in is that once uh, we were able to pass the infrastructure bill, uh, the hard extreme left uh, would lose its hostage uh, that it had taken, i.e. Uh, the infrastructure bill, to push its more extreme uh, agenda under the Build Back Better bill. Now that they don't have that political leverage uh, in their arsenal, they being the extreme hard left, uh, we're seeing uh, the, the facts show uh, that any concern that passing the infrastructure bill was going to unlock the Build Back Better bill has actually had a quite opposite effect uh, in Washington, D.C. In, in, a, in uh, reality, uh, they no longer have that infrastructure hostage uh, to hold, and because of that, uh, they are having a difficult time passing uh, that Build Back Better bill, which I adamantly oppose and believe is uh, too big of government and is giving people an opportunity to push back uh, on uh, that Build Back Better bill uh, appropriately rather than uh, using hostage negotiations to try to pass it. So that being said, uh, why don't we open it up, uh, Frank? And I know this is Frank's first go-around on this, so bear with us as we potentially have any technical difficulties, but no. we'll get through it together. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> what start with, uh, I thought we could start with Terry Frank. Yes, good morning, Tom. Good morning, Terry. It's good to hear your voice again. It was nice to see you and uh, Faulkner here a couple of weeks ago. Um, I did want to ask a follow-up regarding Build Back Better. I know sure. that the bill is basically dead at this point, but uh, I know that members of the Problem Solvers Caucus, uh, I heard Josh Godheimer on TV here recently talk about the idea of maybe breaking it down and finding smaller parts of it, you can find common ground on that. Are there any places where you see common ground in anything that's in Build Back Better? You know, obviously, when you have such a bill of a magnitude of $1.7 trillion, there are probably individual sections that if you pulled apart and focused on, that maybe you could build bipartisan consensus on. Uh, but the problem is, is the Build Back Better uh, bill has been so contaminated uh, with partisan politics uh, right now. Uh, it's going to be very difficult uh, if something directly comes out of Build Back Better uh, contaminated uh, with that brand uh, in, input uh, that uh, it will carry with it. So that being said, um, maybe there's some areas, and you know, I'm a good friend and uh, supporter of Josh Gottheimer, and you know, even though we disagree on. Um, ideological grounds at times and policy at times, 
Uh, he is a practical member, and um, that type of practical outlook could could get something to the finish line, but it has to be independently um, presented and developed outside of the Build Back Better framework. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, now we'll go to Lucas Bay at Finger Lakes Radio. Congressman, good to talk to you again. How are you? I'm doing well, Lucas. Good to hear your voice. Absolutely. Um, two questions for you. First of all, just your reaction to uh, your colleague uh, John Ketko's uh, announcement that he will not seek re-election uh, later this year. And also, uh, we are uh, on the first anniversary of, or approaching the first anniversary of uh, President Biden taking office. Uh, just your um, um, analysis, I guess, and assessment of his first year as president in Washington. Well, as to John, uh, obviously I wish him well, uh, him and his family, um, as he ventures into his next chapter of life. And uh, I respect uh, John Capco, and I, uh, he has served uh, people of his district uh, very well uh, and uh, has been a strong advocate for them in Washington, D.C., having seen it firsthand. Uh, um, and, and, and I just wish him well uh, in his uh, retirement uh, from Congress. Um, as to President Biden and the uh, uh, one-year anniversary, one, I, I think uh, my biggest frustration is, is shared with many across the country, um, that President Biden came in promising to be that individual that could unite the country, that could work across the aisle on a regular basis, understood the Senate and the House, and had relationships to get things done uh, for the American people. And actually what I've seen, uh, absent the infrastructure bill, uh, is quite the opposite. And actually, during the infrastructure bill, uh, was an impediment uh, to passing the infrastructure bill when he went up to the uh, House Democratic Caucus and at the last second uh, he switched position, is my understanding, and said they want, he wanted both hooked together. And uh, that was a um, primary reason why infrastructure took so long uh, to get done. Uh, but I, I, I hope he learns the lesson going into his second year of this term. Uh, that look at when you can do things like the infrastructure bill that have huge positive returns for the American people in general, uh, you can have a, uh, a populist support uh, level that he doesn't have uh, today. But if he continues to go down to pontificate and pander uh, to the extreme left uh, of the Democratic Party, uh, he's going to just fall into the, uh, in my opinion, the gap uh, of extremism of Washington, D.C., uh, that is causing this good luck to become even worse. And uh, I hope he turns uh, his tide, but I'm not very optimistic. I think he has uh, branded himself and those around him um, with uh, a commitment to the extreme left, and that is not going to bode well uh, for getting anything positive done to the American people. Thank you, Congressman, and thanks for doing these calls again. Appreciate it. I appreciate that. Oh, okay, now we'll go to Jerry with Buffalo News. Hey, Tom, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jerry. Good, good. Uh, thank you for doing uh, these calls again. It's going to be very, very helpful. Um, and I have kind of a two-part question kind of attended to that. If you could just um, elaborate a little bit more on why you've decided to start doing this again. And uh, my other question is, it's been 10 months since you announced that you're not running again. I just wonder what it's like in terms of trying to get things done that you want to get done, being essentially a lame duck vis-a-vis -vis someone who might be running again. Have you noticed any differences there? Well, uh, first, um, you know, obviously, uh, we heard from many of folks uh, on this call and elsewhere as we traveled around the district from the media uh, how important this was. I guess I, I personally underestimated uh, how um, 
positive uh, these calls were uh, to you in the media. So thank you for putting it on my radar and uh, making sure uh, that uh, we were aware uh, of uh, the positive nature of what comes out of these calls. And, uh, and so I respect that, and uh, that is uh, the number one reason uh, why uh, we uh, in the team uh, did a consensus call and said, you know what, um, we, could, we, we should do these, and uh, we've heard it multiple times. And so uh, this is about uh, getting information out to the public and also responding to the media uh, from their uh, request. Um, as to um, uh, being in a lane digestion, it is a, I will be perfectly honest with you, it is a, a change in the sense of um, when you're not running for re-election, one of the things that does uh, free up is a tremendous amount of time. I didn't realize, um, you know, because you have the unofficial campaign political uh, obligations that you have to attend to uh, when you're running for re-election. So that's given us time to focus uh, on the official business. That's given us time uh, to uh, uh, try to work uh, on those areas that we want to get done. Um, we're focusing, um, you know, we got the infrastructure bill done. Uh, one of the uh, big policy uh, areas that I'm very interested in getting on the books is the Energy Sector Innovation Tax Credit, um, and that's taking um, a tremendous amount of time uh, navigating uh, what it takes to get uh, 218 and 60 votes in a vehicle uh, with that included in it uh, through our relationships in the Senate and House. So uh, that's what we've been working on. That's what we've been focusing on, things like those uh, policies that we want to finish off strong on. And um, it, it is different. Uh, I will just tell you, it's uh, uh, you go from 150 miles per hour uh, with everything um, that you have to attend to, uh, to about half of that, uh, demand being immediately uh, alleviated, and it uh, gives you some freedom uh, to focus on uh, what has always been important to me, and that's the policy of the job and, and trying to figure out the politics to get 218 and 60 votes to get something done for the American people. Okay, great. Thanks. One quick thing on another issue. Um, we still don't know what the next uh, congressional map is going to look like, but I wanted to see what your thoughts were on the possibility of preserving that uh, southern tier district and how important you think that is. Yeah, so I think um, uh, as we go through the map uh, process and being through one of these redistricting cycles before, um, uh, I am of the mindset uh, that uh, Democratic control of Albany is going to produce a gerrymandered district uh, for the Democrats. And uh, what that means is I'm very confident uh, that uh, our area of Western New York will be represented by a strong Republican um, member of Congress, uh, and it will become a guaranteed Republican uh, seat in, in regards to why why that is, is because uh, the Democrats are going to pack all the Republican votes they can uh, in order to gerrymander uh, and get the uh, number of Republicans from eight Republicans down to mathematically, they could go to as low as three and um, make the argument that it complies with the law. I don't think that's the case. I think they'll face some major litigation uh, on that point. Uh, but you know, we've seen the governor, uh, we've seen uh, the chair of the Democratic Party uh, make it very clear uh, that they are not uh, even publicly backing off their commitment to gerrymander these districts uh, in a hypocritical way uh, to advance their Democratic agenda. And uh, I just point out the hypocrisy and let the people uh, decide if that's the appropriate use uh, of the congressional maps uh, going forward. I would hope they'd be more objective. I would hope they would be more independent. Uh, remember, 2012, the, the districts were drawn by a federal magistrate, um, and that was uh, at least gave us a shot 
uh, to be a little bit more independent, even though, in my humble opinion, even then there was politics involved in it. That being said, uh, it will take its course, and uh, I'm very confident that Western New York uh, will be represented uh, by the correct voice but um, in Washington, D.C. All right, Tom, we have... Well, Tom, we have time for one more question, and we will go to uh, Greg Bacon. Hi, uh, good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to hear your voice, Greg. Um, I know, obviously, you're a federal official, but I want to know if you had any thoughts on the state budget that's been proposed. And to follow up with that, uh, how do you feel Kathy Hochul's been so far? Sure. So, well, first of all, um, <laughs> you know, this is something that's amazing uh, that... Uh, you know, a year ago, two years ago, we were talking about the huge uh, budget deficit uh, that New York State uh, was facing, and um, it was a budget deficit uh, of its own making. It was uh, uh, it was an overspending uh, problem, and it dug itself a ten to fourteen billion dollar hole, if you remember. And uh, because of the COVID money, because of the crisis, um, obviously Albany has taken advantage uh, of the situation and backfilled the. Uh, those coffers, and when she rolls out a budget at the historic highs that she is uh, doing, I'm concerned uh, that they're, she's making the exact same mistake uh, that prior administrations in the state capitol uh, got New York State into that uh, behind the eight ball when it comes to the budget deficits uh, that they were facing. And uh, I hope she doesn't um, commit that mistake again, uh, but that's uh, for her to decide and for the state uh, elected officials in Albany to be a check uh, on that um, mistake that they could potentially be making. Um, obviously, having served with Governor Hochul, um, I was very optimistic when she first got into office. She held a uh, call with all of us as a member of the delegation, much different than the prior administration, and uh, reached out uh, to us, which we found very positive. Her staff has been uh, very responsive uh, to us uh, in from an office staff to office staff perspective, and uh, that's that's good. Uh, that's what we need, more communication of uh, uh, that nature. However, uh, recently, in the last month and a half, two months, uh, she's conducted a meeting and a call uh, excluding Republicans uh, from uh, those efforts. Um, that was very problematic, did not sit well with me and other members uh, of the Republican side um, that um, uh, found that to be more consistent with the prior administration's uh, operations. Uh, that being said, I'm always an optimist, and I just hope she... And continues to be uh, Kathy Hochul that we worked with in Congress and knows that there are people on our side of the aisle that are not devils, that are not evil, and want to work with them for the sake of getting something done uh, for New Yorkers. Why don't we do? Why don't we do one more? Uh, we got till ten o'clock. I know I got ten o'clock is my heart, my next um, event. So why don't we do one okay. more, Frank, and we'll go from okay. there. Let's talk with Rick Miller from Only in Times Herald. Good morning, Congressman. How are you today? I'm doing well, Rick. Uh, good to hear your voice. And, and you as well. Say, um, in all this uh, bipartisan infrastructure money, is there any uh, anything that says Route 219 on it? <laughs> you know I've been watching that like a hawk. Um, so we, we put, uh, again, that formula, uh, benefit for uh, rural projects like uh, Route 219, which is a significant Im impact uh, for our region. And so we're going to continue to babysit uh, this money uh, that's coming through um, $3.5 billion coming to New York State uh, to make sure that people are aware uh, that that uh, uh, formula benefit is there and that uh, we are strategic.
strategically working together. So the left hand and right hand of the federal government and the state government, as well as our local uh, officials, know uh, that this money is intended to go for projects just like Route 219. Um, and that gives me some optimism, and uh, now is the time. And so we're, we're reaching out to all stakeholders and allies to, to unite the voice to support that. Has there been any groundwork laid for this? You know, for decades. As far as some lobbying, I don't know if there's any money in the state budget for it or it would show up there or not. Yeah, no, there's been decades of uh, efforts in regards to uh, a lot of uh, the planning, a lot of the engineering, a lot of the environmental uh, issues are very well vetted and um, are are known. And uh, there are obstacles there still uh, that need to be overcome. Uh, But that gives it kind of a head start, it being the Route 219 project, um, uh, head start uh, than other projects uh, that are trying to squeeze into this uh, bucket. So stay tuned, and you know we're going to continue to advocate. 219 has an opportunity here like it it will never have again uh, if we miss it. So I call on all local elected officials uh, at the state level, federal level, to unite on this issue uh, to get that money uh, to a project such as 219. Thank you. Yep, thanks, Rick. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I know I got a ten o'clock that I have to go to, and um, you know, I want to read a few things before we do that. But uh, really appreciate it. Sorry we didn't get to everybody. I think there's other people on the call that uh, were just texting me and uh, giving information. So I don't mean to be rude and cut you off, but uh, we look forward uh, to these dialogues. And uh, no, we're going to uh, continue to be here. And I really appreciate all of you guys who asked us uh, to consider doing these again. And uh, it's because of your request uh, that we are. Uh, I'm going to continue to do these. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you uh, next week.